probably goes without saying he's the best player in the class. I think he might be a day one starter if he's the high if the tape is if the tape is real. Man, hot take Heemstra. I like it. No, I actually wrote the same thing. I wrote Man Among Boys uh, when I was watching this tape. I mean, Martin, I don't think it was a hot take. My sentence on this was 2021 All-American. Mark it down. I did not put freshmen in front of it. We I'm that serious. From the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, because here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Coach Recruiting Coordinator Chris Hammond, here to talk a little National Signing Day with my friends, Martin Trombone Capone. Martin Hemster, how are you doing? Doing good, Chris. How about yourself? Good, good. Not as good as you, Mr. Live from <laughs> Moscow, Idaho. And running the show from not quite in the shadows today, because we're short a couple hosts, producer Dammer. How you doing, Dammer? I am doing fantastic. Uh, for those of you that follow us, uh, I am a pretty outspoken Rams fan. I no longer have to watch Jared Goff play football. Bring on Matt I have been riding a high for a week. <laughs> it's uh, I I don't know what you guys are gonna do. I I, I mean, Safford is definitely an ad, but I mean, you go on quarterback here shortly because Stafford doesn't have that much longer left. But probably four seasons, probably three to five uh, at the good to peak of his career. Uh, Hey, if the, if they win a Super Bowl in those three years, it's worth it. That's I think that's the whole plan. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we, well, we got big news for everybody today. All right, so it's National Signing Day. I know we already did one. We went really quick through everything here uh, back in December when we had the December signing period. But it is a different day. The class is finalized. I know there's still some room for a little bit of movement, but I'm pretty sure our Idaho class is signed, and we had two additions today, and we're going to get into that. But first, we got to thank. Montucky cold snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky cold snacks donates 8% of profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw, that's freaking awesome. Montucky cold snacks. The light American log for pow pow rippers, Gator Wranglers, Pony Riders, and Badass Do-Gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. And kids, that was a free lesson on how not to pour a Montucky Cold Snack. That's a lot <laughs> ahead. Um, but let's get into Around the Bar. Around the Bar, let's cover, you know, basically we're just going to do our total takeaway on this class, everybody. We're going to do maybe who we missed who we got that we're super excited about and kind of do a quick little breakdown on every single player. But starting with that, you already listened to us in December. So we're going to start with the two newbies. Um, but I totally lied before we get into that. Boys, you, you watched the big sky this mm -hmm. week, right? Uh, I know huge class. What did we sign? 12 dudes in December. So it was 13, a lot. 12. Yeah, a lot. 
And then you have a school like Weber's, the three-time defending champion, who only signed, I believe, like five in December. Now you look at the list today. Dallas and I were going through it. Uh, Montana had like 23 kids sign. I don't know how that – that they must – it has to be the whole class. I do not know if they had 23 kids sign in February. That would be insane. But Weber was crushing the recruiting today. Um, actually, exit out of the article. But a lot of teams added a lot of players. Then Idaho State, another one. They had like nine players with a couple comeback from missions. But then you have Idaho, just two. So I want to ask you guys real quick here. Would you rather have the majority of your class filled out in the December early signing period? Or do you kind of like um, waiting till the true NSD 21 or 22 for next year uh, to, to really put your mark on your class? Martin, let's start with you. Uh, I'm kind of in the, I think it's kind of maybe go 50-50, get the guys who you really, really want and maybe try and sign in – December into the December signing period, then maybe get the guys that fall through the cracks or have their offers pulled between December and February. Then um, I think it's kind of mix. I'd say maybe leaning more towards December just so you can get the guys you truly want and just, yeah. Producer Dammer. I, so I am probably the least recruiting focused guy on this podcast. For me, it's, it's the February, the, the actual national signing day. That's, for a guy who doesn't follow recruiting like the two of you, that's that's always been it for me. Is is February um, the argument Martin puts together? Like, yeah, okay, maybe maybe December is when you want it, but for me, it's always been like February. That's at least for me, that's what I care about. See, and so my takeaway here, real quick, is December's nice. I, I think because you're getting these kids that finally commit, you no longer have to worry about FBS cool. It, it's the opposite, right? You don't have to worry about FBS schools coming in and swooping on some of these kids that you got. Like last year, C.J. Jordan probably was a guy that would have gotten sweeped, but he committed to us in December. He proved he was committed. And I don't want to say, you know, you locked him up or whatever, but it's official. Like he can now just say, I'm close. I'm happy. I don't want to hear any outlandish chances from like Louisville saying, come here and you'll start in two years. It's He's committed to Idaho. But then like you see with Weber right now, they are racking in some of these guys. And a lot from the Utah area, and I'm assuming a lot of those dudes were holding out for, like, Utah and BYU offers. And if they didn't come, they're like, all right, well, I'll go to Weber. So Weber kind of had to wait for it. Me, personally, I'd like to just know what your class is now in December and be kind of like this, fill in your later holes. Um, so I, I actually prefer that we did it December, December route. But speaking of the two guys we added, let's start with the local boy. Um, oh, sorry. I guess local for me, not local for you, bo- you boys. Uh, Brett Tomasini, linebacker, 6'2", 205 pounds from Eagle High School. Um, what were your like, initial takeaways in like, a sentence or less, Martin? I'm just excited to have another, another Idaho prospect and another, just another, and another family member that's joining the team. Dammer? Uh, this kid can hit. Uh, in a couple seconds, our video watchers are going to see this guy light someone up on a kickoff. I love that. I, I am excited to see a linebacker that can can tag somebody. Yeah, um, my, my big takeaway from him is he's a great nose for the football. We were talking, you know, backstage. I, I, he's a little slow at four six one for um, a transition to a strong safety type. But you watch him. He has absolutely great coverage ability, and I'd love to see him. He's just a little heavy-footed, uh, but I think he's going to fill in great to be kind of like a Sam linebacker role, maybe kind of fill in. Uh, he could be a great replacement for like a Christian Ellis. Um, 
His brother, obviously, uh, Derek was talked about just today uh, or yesterday from Paul Petrino as a guy who you might guess he started as a freshman. Athletic family. They're go- he's coming in at 6'2", 205. You imagine by the time fall rolls around, he'll probably have 10 to 15 more on it. He'll be sitting at 220. Um, so uh, I think he was a really good get at linebacker. Now you go to the actual local kid, Tyler Skinner, 6'5", 285-pound offensive tackle from the Moscow Bears. Martin, takeaways. Uh I'm a lineman. I played center in high school football. Didn't I? Didn't I was okay. Didn't do. I was. It was an okay player for Seattle area league. Uh, I love linemen when they commit. It's cool to have another have a lo- local guy come play at Idaho just to see. She get more gets Moscow, but just get more Idaho players on the team is a great thing to see. Dammer. I know for me, uh, first off, this kid's massive. You can't teach 6'4", 285, so that's nice. This uh, hit right here on video. This one the, yeah. is – he just the, puts this kid's nose into like, a new universe. <laughs> Absurd. He is very strong. Uh, I do notice it looks like he gets a little bit out of technique, gets kind of leaned too far forward. I think that's stuff he's going to have to kind of work on. But you can't teach a a kid to be that size and being a local kid from Moscow. That's just, it's cool to see that he's going to be, he's going to be important on this team in a, in a couple of years. Yeah. He, he got a big growth spurt going from six, one uh, about two fifty to six, five, two eighty five now. So pretty huge growth. He's going to be playing tackle. Uh, Paul said he could really grow into being a really good tackle. I think that goes to show it. He's got unlimited potential. Uh, I was able to contact one of my buddies who was the uh, wide receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator, I believe for, uh, the Moscow Bears for the past couple seasons and also coached the varsity men's basketball team in some capacity. And he said, this kid, absolute su- stud, surprisingly athletic. Um, I don't think he'll be playing DN. I think tackle is where he's going to be at. But uh, a huge get for Idaho to get a local kid like this, Moscow Bears, uh, and just kind of keep the, the Moscow train going as we just lost uh, Petrino and we just lost David Unger. So it's kind of nice. Well, I guess they're both uh, Pullman guys, but – you know, keep the Moscow Pullman area going. Now into our, our December signings. You have Gabe Benton, 6'1", 225-pound running back from Stockton, California. Tell me what you think about this man, Martin. Uh, from what I've seen, like he's a he's a heavy, he's a hard hitter. I know the comparison that Paul made in the December signing period was kind of a the Elijah Penny type of player, which that was one of my, I think if we can have another Elijah Penny type running back in the back in the, in the backfield, Idaho is a great thing to have. Like that was my favorite type of running back Idaho had here. It's and the other another and then another player from Stag High School. It's another keep that pipeline going with the Jabari Farms and Cottrell Haywood. Yep, three players. Producer Dammer. Uh, no, I, I'm going to keep saying size you can't teach, but I mean, this dude's six one. You can't teach that as a running back. Uh, he's actually pretty deceptively elusive too for his size, which is weird. If you watch the tape, uh, for the five people that are watching live, he's actually pretty good at hitting holes and slipping out of tackles. Like he's huge and he runs people over, but he actually moves pretty well too. He's, he's going to be really exciting to see in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I mean, you guys nailed it. Anytime you're getting compared to a starting NFL fullback, it's a good go. He's got more speed than I think Penny does. Um, But to give you a comparison here, I'm pulling up Najee Harris, Alabama running back, coming out of high school, 6'3", 226. He's not that far off. 
Uh, I think he's probably got a little, I know Najee Harris is deceivingly fast, but Gabe Benton, if you watch Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, Angry Runs is what it thinks. This is the kind of guy who gets an Angry Runs t-shirt from um, Burleson and the boys. Like, he just runs angry, but surprisingly shifty. Uh, I think it's a great ad. He'll really replace the role that we're missing with Andre Carter leaving. Now, next up, we have the gray shirt, McLeod Crouton, 6'1", 180-pound freshman out of St. George, Utah. Martin, takeaways on Crouton. Uh, it's I, – I'll be honest, I have not watched a whole lot on McLeod that much. I kind of keep it short and simple. It's just more competition for the QPs, making sure you're on your – making sure you're on your top shape every single week. Because if not, then Paul's going to have someone to step in and fill that role right away. Dallas? For me, he seems like he's a little bit of a project. Uh, he throws a really pretty deep ball in a lot of these highlights. It's all just kind of receiver gets behind a safety and just pitch it up to him. Uh, it seems to be a little bit inaccurate on some of the more mid-range throws. I'm not sure if that's a breakdown in sort of mechanics. He's pretty deceptive, though. He does move around the pocket a lot. Uh It'll be interesting to see if if he turns into a, you know, the kind of guy that ends up coming out of nowhere in three years and ends up playing a, a significant role. Uh, right now, I would say there's another quarterback in the class I like more, but uh, excited to have him. And again, there's potential here that he could be something really special. Yeah, and you know, for me, this is such such a Paul Petrino get. He loves coaches, kids. Uh, this is the son of Gary Crowton, former head coach of the BYU Cougars. He's also been the offensive coordinator places like LSU, Oregon. He actually, that's how he ran in the Paul was when he, Paul was at Arkansas recruiting as the OC, and Crowton was at LSU recruiting as the OC. So, just one of those minds. View it as kind of like uh, we all talked about how much we liked Mason Petrino having the uh, old clipboard and headset on because you could just see the elevated quarterback play um, from Richardson to uh, Nikhil Nair. Like everybody looked better when Mason was able to kind of sit there and critique them. Expect this. This is, this is like if you had Mason in the clipboard there for a couple of years, I think most people know that CJ Jordan is going to be our guy of the future. Mike Beaudry is our guy of now. And we'll get to a guy later who could probably fill in and Nikhil Nair is probably going to finish the year is probably your, or his time here as a backup that could really push. Uh, but view McLeod is that that coach kind of in waiting. Like, don't be surprised if this is a kid that really his value won't be seen on the field as much as it is in the film room and practice. Um, but I, I mean, you're seeing from the highlights. I mean, the kid can still play. If we need to put him in, he is definitely serviceable as a, at a big sky level at quarterback. Um, and I think Southern Utah really missed out on not getting him. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll take it for sure. Moving on to Elijah Cummings. 5'9", 180-pound running back from Waco, Texas, Martin. He's shifty. I think it's kind of like the one thing I kind of thought was he was able to kind of short, but I mean, like he's able to just kind of move around a lot from what I saw in the highlights. Dammer? He is the exact opposite of, of Gabe Benton. He is little. He is, I mean, small is probably the first word that's going to come up in, on any scouting report. But he is lightning quick. My goodness. Uh, when you go for a guy that's 6'1", this is the kind of running back you want to pair him with. Uh, I, I would love to see these two become kind of the one-two combo, uh, you know, coming into maybe their sophomore or junior years. In a couple of years, get them, give them a little bit of seasoning, and it'll be really fun to watch these two. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I, I agree with you. I put lethal vision and speed combo. I mean, he has some plays where – 
he can just find the hole when it's not there. And then if that linebacker is not in the hole to fill it, like this one right there, he's gone. And no one's catching him. That's a safety. He's out running. Like the guy has just a lethal combo of vision and speed. I just threw out the Andre Carter. It kind of Gabe, Baton, Gabe Benton is kind of the Andre Carter replacement. Elijah Cummings or Alicia Cummings is basically the replacement for Ty Montgomery. Uh, moving on to Zama J. Duncan, cornerback, 5'10, 180 pounds out of San Diego, California. And we all know what that's Spanish for. Martin, what do you think about Zama J? Uh, what can't you say about Zama J? I mean, that's the real. <laughs> I mean, he's the. Probably that I minute's mean, gonna go probably goes without saying he's the best player in the class, I think. He's from what maybe I've seen there might be some stuff. Maybe I'm overanalyzing, but I think he might be able to come in and start right away if if he develops and might be able to Yeah, I think he'll be I think he might be a day one starter if he's if the high if the tape is if the tape is real. Dammer? Yeah, hot take Hingstra, I like it. <laughs> uh no, I actually wrote the same thing. I wrote Man Among Boys uh, when I was watching this tape. Uh, he's very fast. He's very athletic. He's got long arms. He does look like a guy that could, if if there's somebody on this class that could come in and play right away as a true freshman, this is the kid. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret for people that aren't aware. He's our fifth highest recruit we've ever received at the University of Idaho, FBS, FCS, regardless. He's probably the best recruit we brought in. In the last decade, I believe Mike Marbo might be the highest we brought in in the 2010s. I mean, this kid, we were extremely lucky to get him. We'll get in. Uh, one of his buddies also committed to our team. Obviously, that's what kind of helped us get this guy. I mean, Martin, I don't think it was a hot take. I, I did do mm-hmm. like small sentences, and then obviously I'm yeah. elaborating a little bit more. My sentence on this was 2021 All-American, mark it down. I did not put freshman in front of it. I'm that serious. Okay. This guy, This guy is power five. <laughs> I don't know how the heck we got him. Um, apparently he, I believe he has a family member that's on our coaching staff. And then when we signed his buddy, I mean, hopefully we can get him on the show someday to explain it. But this guy, I mean, just look at this dude. He's like Dallas said, he's a man among boys. He is, he should not be at Idaho. He's absolutely like, we got these transfers in like Darian Nash and stuff. If they don't stick around after, you know, there's this guy will easily be our starting corner. You're one. And if we redshirt him, sorry, Big Sky. Like, this kid is just unreal. Um, if you don't know who it is, find, look him up. I mean, he he's worth research. If there's one guy you're going to research on your own from this class, Zamajay Duncan is that guy. Moving on, we have Kason Evans from Compton, California. He is a five, sorry, woo, five foot, wrong, 6'2", 175-pound wide receiver from Compton. What do you think, Martin? Uh, I I don't know what usually what to think about like wide receivers playing like as young freshmen. I think it's great to have another wide receiver come in and play. I see it as like Paul likes to sign a couple every class and develop them. And I see he has as you're seeing like now like has he can he can make plays. But I think he's I think he's he'll be good he'll be good. But I don't think he's going to produce right away. If that makes sense. Dammer. I would agree with that. Uh, I think he's a he's a big target. He's obviously got a large catch radius because he's he's got some long arms. Uh, the first thing I noticed is that his his catch point isn't consistent. Sometimes he kind of catches the ball right against his body. Other times it's in the hands. He's he's probably more of a project at this point. But anytime you sign a six two receiver that 
I mean, it's it's a highlight tape. He's supposed to pop, but he's he certainly pops on the tape. So at worst, he's what a depth guy that certainly makes at least the scout team look a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a hundred percent your my comments was appetite for yak. I mean, look at it. It doesn't matter if he's catching on a streak. It doesn't matter if he's breaking tackle. He's never going down on the first tackle. Uh, I my this is your replacement for Jeff Cotton. That's how I'm viewing it. This is you're getting the next Jeff Cotton. I agree with you guys. Probably redshirt him. Maybe give him some time freshman year. But dude, this is a guy sophomore, junior, senior year. Expect to be playing uh, and definitely starting his last two. I mean, his speed and size and strength combo is. I mean, Jeff Cotton's playing in the league. And I, I don't think it's that crazy of a comparison. Uh, he'll add some – if he could get to 200 on that frame and keep some of that speed, uh, he's he's our next cotton. So, mm-hmm. if not, he's a great sidekick to Cottrell. So, uh, I'm happy that we, we got him. Uh, moving on to another gray shirt, we've got Logan Harris out of Boise, Idaho's Centennial High School. Um, Logan – is a 6'7", 290-pound offensive lineman, Martin. What do you think? We're back in your, your realm uh, of the O-line. I, I, love, I love it. I Just getting local linemen that uh, – just getting local linemen. It's, normally, you don't like to start linemen right away, so if you can redshirt him and keep him, that's great. Don't mind having another Logan Floyd, which I think he started as a freshman too, right? Um, I think maybe think he, freshman. Yeah, I know. I know he played. Like, if he, if he, if he's one of those players that plays early, that's great. Or if not, he's. It's great to have another big lineman come in and come to Idaho. And that's the thing, big. This kid is huge. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw a six, seven, three hundred pound kid in high in, in high school in all my time covering uh, local sports around here. I wonder if the reason he's gray shirting is because no offense to those in Boise, but he's playing football in Boise, Idaho. It's not necessarily a hotbed of of talent. I look at this kid and think, why is he going to Idaho? This feels like some kid that should be walking onto maybe not Boise State, but walking onto a power five or a group of five school. And if you teach him a little bit of technique, this kid could be something really special. Yeah, my words for Logan were stands out in the room and potential power tackle. I think when you're looking at his video here, um, I believe this is actually against my alma mater, the Timberline Wolves. Uh, it is great, um, but uh, he just his frame in high school. You could see he needed. He was not weighing two ninety in high school. Uh, he's really beefed up, or that, or he wears two ninety better. I mean, this is a dude pushing three hundred. He does not look like a dude pushing 300 in this. I think the gray shirt year was used for that. I would expect another red shirt year. You could expect this guy playing at 6'7", 300, 305. Um, and then in that case, you probably have your starting right tackle. I don't know if he'll play left tackle uh, just because I see him more as that power, being able to get out on stretch plays more so than protecting that blind side of a quarterback. But, you know, I'm not an offensive line coach. Never played offensive line. I'm a running back and a DB. So what the heck do I know about the trenches? Nothing, but that's my initial takeaway from that. Next up, we have Joshua Jones. He's a transfer from Tyler Junior College and UTSA. Uh, what do you guys think about Joshua Jones, the 5'10", 182-pound junior? Uh, I'll be honest. I have not watched a whole lot of tape on him, but I'll just say like it's if he can come in and play right away, that's great to be able to fill in, fill in a hole that Idaho clearly had a defensive back losing – 
one and luckily not two after some good news after we got some practice. But just having us have the guy that can hopefully come in and play right away is great to have. The the uh, tape we're watching here is is junior college scrimmaging, so it's not like I, there wasn't a whole lot of tape I could find. But what I did find uh, it seems that in in man to man coverage, he just hangs in the in the guy's pocket. He's right on top of the receiver. Now it's it's in the red zone, so it's not like he's running thirty yards down the field. But if this scrimmage tape is indicative of what his talents are, I'm excited to see a guy who can. It looks like he could go man to man against anybody. Yeah. And the good thing about this signing, uh, well, I guess I'll do my words here. First words were plug and play, plug and play early depth. Uh, I think Martin nailed it. Jalen Hoover and seems to be coming back according to Paul Petrino's presser. This was, we lost Jalen Hoover. We need somebody on the other side of Darian Nash. And I think that's kind of where you're looking at it. Now, Jalen Hoover's back. No offense to Joshua Jones. We just don't have a lot of tape on him. I think Jalen wins that spot. So he's a great depth guy early. Plus, he gets to come in as a transfer, use, lose no eligibility this year, gets to be a junior next year, and then a senior. So he technically will get to play three seasons for us. Uh, he could easily be our starting corner you know, in a couple of years. Although I think Zama J is probably going to be the guy you would want one-on-one on somebody, but it never hurts to have experience like that early in Zama J's career where he doesn't have to worry about covering some of the better, the Sammy Akems, the Samori Toure's, um, the Keelan Dosses of the uh, the Jeff Cottons of the Big Sky, you can just worry about you know the twos. But then you're playing a team like Idaho, and you've got control Will control Haywood on the other side. It's nice to have a guy like Joshua Jones that can play that dude. Um, Elijah King is up next. He is a six four, two hundred pound safety out of San Diego, California. Martin, what's your takes on Mister King? Uh. I'll be honest, the tape I watched him was when he playing wide receiver. Uh, that's where I kind of thought he would play until I saw the, until I watched the press conference and Paul said he's going to play out at DB, which I was kind of surprised about. But when he said he's going to play at safety, the first thing I kind of thought of was a, maybe a Cam Chancellor type, that thumper, or just that big safety that can just sit back and you can have sit there and just hit people. But I think I know they wanted to develop him, but that's where I kind of picture him as. Yeah, from the tape you see, he looks like he's he's pretty rangy. He's not explosively fast, but he's pretty good at reading the quarterback's eyes. I know it's a, it's a high school highlight tape, so it's it's going to be good plays. But uh, he seems to be pretty good at reading the quarterback and anticipating the throw, which is a good quality to have in a safety. Yeah, this is where I put center fielder down as my thing. But I mean, just watching this highlight, it's really hard to gauge what he does defensively because, like, all but that first interception are pretty much like the quarterback over under through by a ton and he's not even fighting the wide receiver really for it some of the time but you just saw there on the highlight tape what martin was talking about he's only 200 pounds but he's six four if you can get him up to 225 20 230 he's definitely you know put in the box when you're running like a bear technique defense to really stop the run in the big sky that's really what weaver state and montana state but hey both those teams were the top two teams in the conference last year. So you're going to have to stop them somewhere or another. Um, so we'll see. I think Isaiah King's going to be a development project. I don't expect him to see the field soon because I think, like you said, he's got to get in with Sean Horse, get get a little weight on that frame. But he does have that natural center fielder uh, kind of quality where you can see he he's able to kind of get around where the ball is going to be. 
And sometimes it's bad play. He seems opportunistic enough to pick it off. But like Dallas said, it's a high school highlight tape. They're all going to be good plays. Uh, it's interesting to see what he does over the top because he does seem to lack that like quick quick step and catch-up ability, um, which is why I think you're more building a can-play-in-the-box safety. But you know, we'll see what the, what the coaching staff has in store for him. Next up, we have Mr. Elijah Lilly. He is a six foot, 160 pound redshirt senior transfer from the University of New Mexico Lobos. Martin, what do you think about Elijah Lilly, who we could have for one to two seasons? It's going to be quick. Uh, Chauncey Smart replacement. That's what I think. He's quick, and I think he's going to fill the role that Paul wanted to have with Chauncey, but obviously the Chauncey thing didn't work out. But yeah, I just think he's, he's going to replace what Paul imagined what he could do Dallas I wrote explosive in all capital letters uh he obviously if anybody that's watching this right now uh he was returning kicks for New Mexico uh was pretty good at it uh he was uh, very successful at this in the Mountain West I he should be he should be running running special teams for us very quickly uh I'd expect him obviously he's coming in as a red shirt senior so uh about as senior as you can be but I would expect to see this guy on the field a lot. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, once again, Martin nailed it. He is the Chauncey Smart, and was it Kevin McGuire? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've had two speedsters that Paul Petrino would love to have in this offense. Kevin ended up transferring after getting hurt, and then, you know, Chauncey Smart decided to do his professional career. I believe he's rapping and doing some marketing stuff, um, so we never got to see him. Step in Moscow, which is too sad because if you look at last year, once again, one-year anniversary of us doing YouTube videos was National Signing Day last year, so claps to us. But we were talking about our biggest takeaway was how much Chauncey Smart was such a great team player, and he was liking, retweeting every single guy who was committing. It still sucks we don't have Chauncey, but Elijah literally fills that role. He will start at kick and punt return. I mean, you're looking at this. This is Texas A&M. He played in the Mountain West. These highlights are not – a junior college or high school. This is him playing in an SEC game and the you know the Mountain West Conference, one of the best group of five conferences in the country, and he's doing it. So uh, he's he's going to be a stud. He'll be a special teamer, I think, but he's also somebody you definitely expect to see in like wildcat and fun little formations where they're just going to find a way to get him the ball on like jet sweeps and stuff as a wide receiver. And who knows, maybe line up a couple snaps at uh, running back as well. Moving on to Giovanni McCoy. Giovanni is a 6'1", 160-pound freshman quarterback from Gardena, California. Martin, what are your takes on Mr. McCoy? Uh, athlete. Uh, I know it's kind of hard to gauge what quarterbacks are going to be kind of right away, but I think – I, like Paul said, it's you can sign him, develop him for a couple of years, and then hopefully he'll still see the field. Yeah, I see so much potential in this kid. Uh, anybody that's watching the tape, he's obviously very good as a runner. He's very shifty. Uh, he's got a decent arm. It, it doesn't seem to be a cannon in these highlights, but he does make aggressive throws into some tighter coverage windows. Uh, again, probably a guy that you want to to try to develop over the span of a couple of years. But, I mean, that that right there, that's a fantastic throw right over that corner. I mean, you can't ask for more in a guy that 
is probably going to sit behind uh, Beaudry, behind Caleb Jordan, and hope that he's going to be a star when his his number is finally called. Yeah, I mean that's kind of so I. I have will push CJ for the next five years. That's what I have for Giovanni McCoy. And that's not a slight to him. He could start. In fact, I would be surprised if we hold on to him for five years. Either way, he will push CJ Jordan. And for all you know, what we know, CJ Jordan had an injury. You you never know when enough is enough. He get hurt. This is also the type of guy where if CJ Jordan gets hurt in his possible six to seven year career at the University of Idaho. <laughs> You now have Giovanni McCoy, who is almost a carbon copy of CJ, and later in his career could probably possess a lot of the same qualities uh, that CJ has. I mean, when you, by no means, I feel like I'm sliding him by saying that CJ is probably going to start over him, but he's also a year behind, and quarterbacks get hurt. Last year, we had to use three quarterbacks. The year before that, we had to use three quarterbacks. The year before that, we had to use three quarterbacks. So... We having uh, Paul hit on his presser today. Quarterback depth is incredibly important, especially with the virus out there right now. We don't know if it's still going around in fall. Having a guy like Giovanni McCoy only makes that room deadlier. So, a super great get. I think one of the more underrated gets of the class. It just isn't as splashy because everybody knows that CJ Jordan is going to be the guy once Mike Beaudry lives. But I mean, don't don't sleep on McCoy. That's what I'd put. I mean, it's tape speaking for itself. He he could easily push CJ. I just. And that's good. You want competition in that room. So um, next up, we have Colt Musgrave, who is from Bend, Oregon. He is 6'2", 215 pounds. Martin? Uh, can probably, like, I think it was, was it Paul that said the thing about he was a quarterback too? Like, I know it kind of seems to kind of jump to that, but I Kind of maybe think maybe a, a Caden two a Caden Ellis two type of linebacker, which is always a great thing to have. I look at the tape. Uh, the first thing I wrote was, "Where's the pass coverage?" So there's there's no highlights of uh, of how he does in coverage, which not that that's extraordinarily important for a linebacker, but it would have been nice to see. Uh, a lot of this kid is just run stop, run stop, run stop, run stop, and he's seems to be very good at it. So. A downhill linebacker like that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, you know, and, and I expect him to play, as you can see here, a little bit more middle, so hopefully he's not too much coverage. Maybe get him out pass rushing, but I have him as mean, great tackler. Not a lot of broken tackles. Not a lot of guys, you know, sometimes in these highlight videos, they're, they're the first one there and they kind of hold him, but it takes two or three guys to bring him down. He's bringing some of these guys down solo, you know, and – that, uh, that's what I think will be beneficial. And to take Martin's analogy, I agree with you. He has played a little bit of running back, a little bit of quarterback. He's he's an athlete. Oh, uh, truly, he's an athlete. Um, Were you the one that was talking about him being like a Troy Anderson 2.0 type of guy maybe? Yo, that's what I was going to say. I think you went across the wrong line, man. I <laughs> love Caden Ellis. Nobody loves Caden Ellis more than me. <laughs> he is a Troy Anderson type. I mean, and that that is not a slide on Caden. He could play running back. He could play tight end. He could play linebacker. He could play DN. He can play any of our linebackers, honestly. I mean, like you said, got to work on his coverage a little bit, or at least we need to see more coverage. For all we know, he's great at it. He just, like I said, he's mean. I think he wanted his highlight tape to be him coming in and just, here you go, here's his quarterback film, <laughs> and have him just freaking tackling people. But this is actually curious. I just want to see some of this quarterback film. I didn't get to this when I was watching him. But, I mean, there you go. Dude, he he is freaking Troy Anderson. That That is who Colt Musgrave <laughs> is. And Troy Anderson has been in, like an all-conference player at – 
quarterback, running back, and linebacker in his three years in the big sky. Not not as – some people will say, well, that's kind of, you know, you're throwing him a lot of flack. No. I don't get why people think Troy Anderson is like a, a diss. It's, it's like Tim Tebow. It's not a diss. The guys are studs. Uh, Troy Anderson can play literally any position on the field. That's what Colt Musgrave is. He's just a mean son of a gun too. Uh, last player on the list, we have Jay Sean Williams, uh, 5'11", 170-pound wide receiver slash corner from San Diego, California. The coaching staff has him listed as a wide receiver, Martin. Uh, I think I said before, it's like development or another guy, another Paul Petrino, like he can kind of bring him in, mold him to what he wants him to be. And I think he's he might be able to, from what I've seen, maybe he might be able to play after Elijah plays both the spring and fall season, might be able to come in and plug and replace him right away, and there'd be no in a seamless transition there. What I wrote was slippery. Uh, he doesn't seem to be an elite burner kind of guy. Uh, if you watch some of this tape, he's not outrunning everybody on the field, but he's sure making everybody miss, uh, which in a little shifty receiver like this, you know, he's not cracking six feet. Uh, that's what you want to see is it's tough to bring him down. Yeah. So this is our number one recruit. This is the guy who signed first with us. I don't have a spreadsheet signed up. But I believe he signed back in like June or July of last year. But he, he was like the first, and then everybody started coming in after yep. that. So he is recruit number one. He is our Eric Greenwood of this class. Um, he's also from Lincoln High School in San Diego, California, meaning he is the guy we alluded to earlier that really helped us get Zama J. Duncan. So uh, he's got potential. I actually think he's better at corner. That's what I have here is uh, playing wide receiver, but could easily play corner. I actually really like his corner ability. And I just, I feel like he's a guy who we have so much depth at wide receiver. He has way more potential to stand out on the end at corner. So I don't know if maybe that's his choice trying to play wide receiver or what, but I mean, just look at that play right there. He, backpedal the straight step up and intercept the ball and almost has it like i i don't know i'd like to see him move to the defensive side of the ball i'm afraid at wide receiver he won't be able to position himself to get playing time uh where him and zamajay on ends of each other would just be fire uh and then you get the two thomasinis and musgrave at linebacker here in four years and man our D is so good along the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I, I'd like to see him play corner, but, you know, I'll trust Paul. And uh, as um, our listener, Matthew Janicek said, I mean, there's nobody. You can say what you want about Paul Petrino, but for bad, for years on a row now, we now have the number three class in the big sky, which is actually a dip from last year. I don't have everything in front of me. We have the 135th, Ranking nationally. Now, not all this is up updated, but it's still a pretty – and this is on 247 Sports. I mean, that puts us, I believe, at like sixth in the FCS for recruiting. We're ahead of FBS schools because there's 130 of those. Um, and that's not including Jackson State at an all-time class. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just looking real quick. I, either way, like this class is solid. We should be extremely happy um, that, once again, Paul Petrino has brought in four straight top ten FCS classes – and four straight top big sky classes. So I think you're going to start seeing it show. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but what results do we have to show for it? I, th I think you're about to see it. I, we've all hit on it. We've got some more previews to hit on. 
I think you're about to see a really impressive and promising spring. And it's going to be guys that aren't from the class of 2020. They aren't from 2021. They aren't from 19. It's going to be your 17, 18 guys, kind of those last FBSers, which are still good classes. But, I mean, we've got, in my opinion, we have, out of the last three classes, two extremely good classes and a pretty dang good class. So I'm really excited about what we're doing. Um, but we just went through it all. What are kind of your guys' takeaways? Um, and, and did we sure up any holes? I think, at least for me, I think we, we filled the hole that was like – the hole that was at that we had a defensive back. I think it's kind of like at least something I think you got like a, a good Juco guy in Joshua, Joshua Jones. And then also you have Zamadre and then you have, then you have those two right there coming in and playing, right coming in and playing. And then you also have the other one that I'll say is like Jalen staying. Hopefully him's coming back. I think is another kind of DB was, I think the big one that they filled in. Great. I think the same thing. Uh, that was what I my big takeaway was. Was I mean, Zamaje Duncan is that guy's going to be a star. Uh, I don't see any other way to say it other than that guy's going to be a star. Um, other than that, this is the kind of recruiting class, class that I like to see. Um, you want to have a couple quarterbacks because I still remember the 2011 team that was a quarterback away from not being a one win team. Uh, you have two running backs. Uh, Big power guy, little, you know, the slash and dash kind of guy. Uh, it's exactly what you want to see, at least it, from my perspective. You know, a couple of offensive linemen that are hopefully more of the project, like these guys are huge. Get them some good technique, and they're going to be stars in this level. Uh, it's exactly what I hoped to see from this class. It was just kind of feeling important depth and and taking swings on guys that might become something very special. Yeah, and I'll, I'll deep dive into my big takeaway. Well, I will save it for the end, my, my big, big takeaway. But, yeah, filling up the holes here. Um, yeah, we we for spring, I don't think you're going to see a lot of these holes filled. I think that's kind of like what the Joshua Jones signing was, was expecting Jalen Hoover to be gone. Boom, plug and play, release. Uh, I, I don't think in the spring, obviously, I was saying like with the other, I guess maybe, I guess the gray shirts probably not. The transfers, yes. For fall, this class is going to pair very, very well with the class of 20. That's what a lot of people have got to view this as. I know a lot of people are saying, well, this class isn't that big. There's not as big of names in it, like C.J. Jordan, uh, Andre Carter a couple years ago. But it's like you also got to view it as this is one class. The class of 20 and the class of 21 are going to be at the same eligibility level come fall 21. So we went really offensive line heavy and D-line heavy and – everything in tight ends wide receiver in 20 in 2021 we went a little bit more secondary we got some safeties we got some cornerbacks uh, we got a couple linebackers and what paul said he always wants to sign a quarterback every single class so you sign this another guy we didn't touch on because uh, i don't think we tech well with the team can't we can is uh austin webb out of waco so you technically have another gray shirt quarterback coming in kind of like kraut mcleod from last year um so you all in all, I think it's a very well-rounded class, and though it might not be as splashy as previous classes, you've just got to view this as part two of the 2020 class. Come fall 2021, I think you're going to have a lot of young players flying around and playing. I think these last two classes pair extremely well when you view them as one class, or if you view them as separate classes, you could say 2021 is a little lacking of depth. But 
Uh, I think when you pair it with the 2020 class, it just every just pull those two classes up and the whole picture is painted and you see what Paul was doing. So, because I know a lot of people are like, why our whole entire offensive line graduated? Why do we not recruit any offensive linemen? It's like, well, you forgot the 2020 class existed and we got uh, Azapote and like all these guys that can play possibly as freshmen. So we got linemen last year. This was about shoring up the secondary and kind of getting the guys to replace Christian Ellis, Trey Walker, Charles Ocano. So, um, and obviously no DNs in this class because that was in the 20 class. Now, uh, moving on to one of our last little bits here too. How do you think, or who do you think could start next fall? Uh, 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 oh gosh. Without like going like with the, I think the obvious is Zamaje, or I think the obvious is Zamaje for me. I'm going to go even more obvious. Elijah Lilly is going to start at kick return this year. Well, that's going to be spring too, but I mean, you can do multiple. I I have a few. So, who do you think fall twenty one can start? Is it still just you think Lily? I would say so, um, but I know that's that's kind of cheating because he was returning kicks in a much larger conference. Uh, but that's what I would go with. That's fine. I'm going obviously Zama J Duncan. Uh, I think Colt Musgrave has a real good shot because you got to remember Christian Ellis is getting a little bit of draft stock. Uh, something to talk about here when the Idaho preview comes around, um, whether he completes the season or not. But Colt Musgrave's a guy that you could see play. Also, Tomasini. Uh, I think one of those guys has a really good shot. And then I actually think that Kayshawn Evans, Control Haywood, out, Jeff Cotton, you know, we'll see. Hogan Hatton isn't really that speed guy, so um, or Hayden. So I think this is that class – where you could see like maybe a wide receiver be able to step up next fall. Ooh, how do you think? Oh, we'll touch that here in it. Oh, we'll touch it now. Johnny ball game, friend of the pod. Um, uh, and the host of Prater in the ball game on KTIK 93.1. The ticket wants to know, how do you expect Petrino to address the transfer portal? What do you think? Uh, Martin? I'd, I don't know. I, I I'm still trying to learn the transfer 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 portal myself. Dallas, man, ball game, you're killing me. That is a tough <laughs> question to answer. I don't. I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. Um, this is why I'm the producer and why I'm normally in the background. <laughs> I and so my takeaway will be I think you'll see more from the transfer portal come summer. I uh I think this class, like we said with the 20 class, is pretty well set. They got the transfers in already that they wanted. I think Paul has actually been on record saying he doesn't plan to really address anything through the transfer portal. Um, they'll keep an eye on it if they need to. But I, I mean if I had to go to a spot, you're losing a cano. I'm not sure we have the next Econo on the on the roster, so maybe you're kind of looking for that rushing end linebacker. Um, but then again, also Petrino said in his presser today that expect a completely different offensive and defensive scheme. I don't know if that's coach speak to not give anything away. Maybe we're switching to a 4-3, 4-2-5, something like that. And we do need to fill some holes with the transfer portal. But I think for now he's got the team he wants, at least for spring. And I think after that you'll see him adjust – if I had to, I think once again you're look secondary, and we talked about how much we love those running backs. They're young. I could see maybe him bringing in like a transfer running back to really just keep that three headed monster going. 
while these young guys, Gabe Benton and stuff, can really like elevate as like redshirt sophomores to be three-year starters. So probably running back in secondary would be my guess. Maybe something along the offensive line because it never hurts to shore that up. But I don't think we're going to hear anything till summer. Uh, I, I think our going in the spring, we're solidified. And then he'll kind of play by ear past that. Uh, biggest get. Who's your guys' biggest get? I mean, I think this is pretty obvious for uh, everybody. So yeah, does anybody not think it's Zama J. Duncan? Nope. No, I, I, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so Zama J. Duncan, biggest get of the class for sure. Uh, somebody that we offered that you wish would have come to Idaho. Uh, I'll – I think I know Chris's, but I'll. I think another one I, I would love to have seen. I, I think was Jordan Erickson. I think would have been the other one. Kind of get a, just get another set, get another player from set. I from the Boise area would have been nice to have. Dallas, I uh, I'm a little bit biased, uh, but I would go with Elijah Salvao. Uh, he's an offensive lineman that. Uh, he was offered by Wyoming, who's uh, offered a preferred walk-on at BYU. Hasn't made his decision yet. Uh, he is uh, Mormon, and so he's debating about going on a mission. Uh, my One of my best friends is his offensive line coach, and for about a year I heard about how this kid would have been an unbelievable guard in the big sky and that I should be really hoping that Idaho would, would be able to pull it off, and he just he never made a decision. So a little bit of bias, but that would be my pick. Wow, I prepped two, thinking you both would at least pick one of these guys, and then maybe somebody would try to go off the wild card here. I mean, I know one. You, I know Martin. You can guess which one of them is. Can you guess which one of them is? And I'll, I'll bet you, you guess my two. Both of them, or just one of them? Just guess one. I, I bet you, I know which one you'll guess. Uh, both from the state of Idaho. Uh. I'm looking at this right. Uh, uh, I think you already knew who you No, it's like I know. I'm just making sure I'm looking at the name so I get that right. Oh, okay. Ben Ford and the – I can't pronounce – I don't want to butcher his name. The guy from Rathdrum. Uh, Amon Munier? Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? So he yeah. was my two. Um, you got any guess there, Dallas? No, that was the only, only guess I had. Dude, Munier. boys, Jonah Ellis. <laughs> oh, see <laughs> – I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't think we had a shot in hell at getting. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We offered him. They didn't say like, guys yeah. we had a shot at. I, mean, I, I guess <laughs> it's true. All right. All right. You're right. You're right. And heck, we don't. What do you mean we don't have a shot? We have his three, his two brothers, his hat or adopted brother. His dad's on the coaching staff. I mean, Jonah Ellis. I I got to watch him play against Moscow Pullman. The kid is. He's an absolute animal, and Utah is extremely lucky they got him. I was really hoping Luther Christian's probably going to the league as a draft pick. Caden went as a draft pick. Uh, Noah, we got to kind of see. He's been working through some injuries, and also the transferring from Ole Miss or sorry Mississippi State, but has potential. Will probably at least get to try out on a roster here in a couple of years. I was like, you look. Your family's gone to the show, so it's not like Idaho hasn't worked for your family. But I get going to Utah, dad, dad's alma mater. And then, yeah, obviously, Emmett Munyer, 6'5", 250 tight end, absolute stud. Uh, that's the number one and number two recruit in the state of Idaho. And I think it's important, transitioning here into my, my big takeaway from the entire class, is 
I am happy to see we're getting a little bit more Idaho. You can see on that chart we only have three. It would have been a lot nicer if we had five adding Jonah. Um, but, yes, you're correct. I had some guys like Erickson and people that I also wanted to see. But, I mean, I just – I want to see us conquer Eastern Washington, Montana, Northern Utah, Idaho, and Oregon. And this class went a little bit more spread with a lot more California than we're used to, some Texas – like uh, no Arizona after going four or five Arizona last year. So a little disappointed um, that we didn't get as many Idaho guys, but I really want us to start owning this because Boise state has gone to the point where they're not necessarily recruiting a ton of local kids. They only recruit the once in a generation type, really, really good player. Uh, and so they, usually those guys have higher aspirations. A couple of years ago, it was some D DN that went to USC, obviously Tanner Mangum going to BYU. Um, the guy so, from oh, the guy went to Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. So you get those guys, and Boy State looks at them. I we can't start losing Idaho State. We can't have Montana State coming in and getting guys like Tucker Rovig and stuff. Like I want us to really own this state and get the best talent. And we showed this year there's a ton of D1 talent in this school or in this state, and a lot of them went D1. I would like us to be able to get every single one of them we want. I'm not saying that's not what happened. Some of these guys we might have said we just you're not quite what we want. But I'd love us to put a fence around the state. Boise State's not really picking from the state anymore. We can't be losing the Idaho State. Uh, so I would love to see a little bit more Idaho in this class. But, yeah, I, Joan Ellis would have been huge. Eamon Munier, Munier, we had to try. His girlfriend's going to Idaho. Uh, obviously, him being uh, LDS, he is most likely probably going to take a mission, and that's probably why he chose Weber, being in Utah. But and he was a miss. I thought we were in it till the end there. Obviously, uh, we're, we're going to be Whit – Connor Whitney's going to be graduating here soon. The way his thing lined up, I mean, he could have been a four-year starter at tight end. So I think it's a miss for him. It's a miss for us. But, you know, I'm not discounting Dalton Cash and all the guys that are behind him. So that's kind of my, my big overall takeaway. What are your guys' last little takeaways on this class? It, like you, it, it, it filled needs that Idaho needed to get done. It, yeah, it, it just – my takeaway was it just it, – they filled – I the coaches filled the needs that they needed to get filled. Without sounding like uh, Captain Obvious, there's a lot of potential in this class, and obviously, you want to have potential in recruits. But I look at just again the two massive offensive linemen that realistically a little bit more technique, and those guys could be two, three, maybe even four year starters. Uh, with you, just you can't teach guys to be that big and that aggressive. Uh, I loved seeing the McCoy signing. Uh, just the more athletic, explosive quarterbacks we can have, the better. As as Chris said, when was the last time Idaho played with one quarterback in a season? So uh, just a lot of guys that I think have potential to either be stars or at least be fill-ins at, at really important positions down the road. Yep. All right. Let's, let's turn it into closing the bar uh, for everybody out there. Producer Dallas and Brian Marceau will continue to give you your men's instant reactions on Saturdays after the game. The next one, I believe, is Eastern Washington on February sixth. Okay, we got we got the Beagles. Wow, that's uh, okay. yeah. You guys got any guests lined up for that? Like Kyler Neal or something? Rusty Kramer? No, but that's not a bad idea because we can only talk about how badly Eastern is going to paste Idaho for about hey, five. Hey, Idaho seconds. beat them last year. Yeah, that is true. I was it at that game again. wearing my Tubs at the Club Haters Gonna Hate shirt before I was ever <laughs> it was. It was. So, yeah, I was there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was when um, 
Not get your media pass and attend the games for us. So they can win again. But uh, so uh, see, I'm I'm the guy with the ideas. That's why I'm on the podcast. It's not because I'm exciting. It's because I have the ideas. I could actually just be off screen the whole time, and the show would actually go a lot smoother. But um, uh, so they'll be coming to you guys probably what you guys usually do, like 15, 30 minutes after the game. Yeah, about a half hour after the game. Yeah, you can find that on YouTube and possibly for those of you watching on Facebook that are part of our Patreon. Token Club, uh, you get this thing streamed to you on YouTube now, which gets you a little bit more easier access to everything. Now, uh, Martin also comes shortly yes. after them, and he'll be doing an Eastern Washington reaction on the women's hoops game. How long do you usually go after those guys? Uh, usually, usually it's usually about an, it's about an hour or so, but sometimes I'm trying to make it a little quicker. Usually, once. Dallas, you and Brian, when Brian and you get you close up, maybe I try and go a little. I try to go like after them. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's see either way. There you go. About hour and a half after the game, you're gonna have two breakdowns. So stay tuned to Tubs at the Club on YouTube, and then obviously we'll post them as soon as possible as we can wherever you get your podcasts. Um, next up, we have our Big Sky preview. We will have a guest from the Big Sky Podcast Network. So hit us up and hit them up telling them they should come on and let us know who you'd like on. Who are some of your favorite guests? Is it Bear Tycoon? Is it Hot Tech Nate? Is it Kyler Neal? Is it Rusty Kramer? Is it the Weaver State Weekly? Is it Casey Everett? Uh, Aaron Rath? I think I just listed all of, just about all of them. But uh, no, the uh, Ryan's from the R&R CatCast. Let us know who you'd like to have a host on here. Maybe it's somebody we haven't had before. Maybe it's somebody you just really love. People seem to love Bear Tycoon. He has been our favorite uh, like our two most viewed episodes are always Bear Tycoon. So maybe it's Tycoon, but let us know. And then after that, we'll have our Idaho preview. And I have some, oh man, I wish I could drop the news to you guys yet, but it's not quite pen to paper. But we might have a very, 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 very special guest for the Idaho preview to really get you hyped for the season. Hopefully we can announce that next week on the Big Sky Podcast Network, Big Sky Previews featuring a Big Sky Podcast Network member. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you can find me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. That's H-A-M-M-O-N-D. You can find Martin Heemster at Hemi underscore 71. And you can find producer Dammer at Hammer Dallas. That's Dallas Hammer for the uninitiated. And uh, I believe this is where I turn it over to Mr. Martin. What? Oh, and uh, now it's time for the best band in all the land to play us out the beer song. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.